Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Edgy Futurists podcast. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, we are on episode one hundred and fourteen. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's amazing that we get to we've gotten to speak to to over a hundred different people um, on a weekly basis. Go back and listen to some of our past episodes if you haven't already. So on episode 113, we had the Critical Engineer Project team. Uh, so some amazing things going on up there in Scotland. Uh, before that, we had David Jones, OBE, talking about the College of the Future. And then the episode before that, we had Liz Pemberton, who refers to herself as the Black Nursery Manager, which was a, which was a really interesting episode um so yeah go back and listen to the back catalogue and you can listen to us on wherever you get your podcasts and also on you can watch it on youtube yeah so when you are on youtube please 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 give us a like uh, subscribe uh, youtube.com forward slash edufuturist or follow us on social media we're quite active on twitter um where, where the people are we are the people's champions uh, the people's people get on twitter.com forward slash edgy futurist loads of news and updates of what is going on i don't know why i've just done people's champions and is that not the is the rock the people's champion I, I honestly don't know what's going on have you had a red bull again <laughs> 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 don't forget we are running a free um webinars in regards to google enterprise for education shared experiences impact we've already hosted two of these uh first one for leaders the second for teachers uh, go check those out on YouTube. We've got another one coming up, the final one in the series, um, in partnership with, uh, yeah, C Learning and Google. Uh, it's around security, half past one on the 26th of November. Go to enterprise.edgefuturist.com. So tonight, it is me, it is me, it is me. Tonight we are delighted to be joined by Amber Harper. Um, she is the creator of Burned In Teacher, uh, and she'll talk all about that today, and author of the book Hacking Teacher Burnout. Yeah, Amber is a teacher burnout coach. Interested to find out what that is. She coaches educators to help prevent and or recover from burnout so they can live happier, more fulfilled lives. Yeah, she's driven by her desire to support teachers to ensure that this current career and this one life they have is the best, most fulfilling that it can be. And this is done through various mediums, including her podcast, books, membership, and free Facebook community. So let's bring Amber in. Hello, Amber. How are you doing? Hey guys, I'm well. Thanks for asking. It's great to have you with us. Can you? So, judging by the accent, you, you you're over the Atlantic Ocean somewhere. Could you let us know where you are and and kind of just a a, a bit more about you and how 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 your your day is going? Yeah, my day is going great. So it's so funny to hear you tell me that I have an accent. You have that. I don't have <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? Life is good. It's it's sunny outside. I'm actually in northeast Indiana, which is in the Midwest. Uh so you know that big thumb of a lake that that is in the United States. I'm Indiana is touching that the bottom of that thumb. So right. in reference to where I am in the world, that's the best description I can give you right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful fall day here in Indiana, and um, the election's over, so life's good. It's all Brilliant. good. Um, I, and, the, and the burning question that everybody wants to know. Burning did, question, did, I see what you did there, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Indiana vote for Biden or Trump? Indiana is a red state. Right. So, so, that, yeah. <laughs> which means, okay, which means yeah, they yeah, are yeah. 
actually voting towards the Republican candidate. So, So our electoral votes went to Donald Trump. I say our electoral votes. That doesn't necessarily mean that my vote went for Donald Trump. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right i don't think he's leaving the white house anyway amber so it's, 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 it's still there anyway he's not going anywhere yeah. we're, still, we're gonna be okay we're gonna be okay <laughs> apparently has, has he not brought has he not brought a law in that anybody that's had covid has to stay at home for the next four years so he's saying that he can't leave the white house Is that what it- <laughs> some americans love to talk politics because they love to like fight, right? I mean, you you probably watch the news. I don't know what they make us look like over there, but I can tell you how it really is over here. But um, it, it, some people just avoid it. Just avoid it altogether. It's not worth it. And, you know, that's, that's actually part of my brand. Like, I'm not going to fight with you about your your beliefs. Like, Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's politics it. over here is the same at the moment. It's very polarized. Yeah. Oh, um, that's exactly how it is here. Did Ben not yeah. tell you, though? Ben, you've sent that email about that. It's, we're talking about politics tonight for the whole show. Is that all right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's, let's get into that. Tell us a, bit, a little about a bit about you, because obviously, branding teacher is an interesting phrase uh, in and of itself. Uh, because obviously, we're playing you playing cleverly with the words, but obviously, you've uh, we know that you have uh, got a teaching background and a, and a passion around that. Just tell yeah. us a little bit about you. Yeah, yeah. So as far as myself as an educator, I taught for 12 years full time in the general education classroom. I started my career in fifth grade and then moved to first, second and then third and then back to first. So um, so mostly in the primary grades, um, what we call over here. So I did teach full time. I had um, I do have my high ability license. So I did have an opportunity to teach as a high ability teacher, which was fantastic. And um, I'm also a mom of two girls that go to public school as well. So I education has just been a part of my life my whole my whole life. I went from being a student to being a student in college to being a teacher. So it's just been a huge part of my life. I love it so much. I didn't really know what I wanted to be growing up, um, but I'm so glad that I chose education. I don't think there's a more impactful role that anybody can play. So uh, as far as burned in teacher is concerned, I created burned in teacher out of my own burnout when I was in year 10 of teaching. And it was because I rode this roller coaster of burnout for so many years off and on. I'd I'd ride extreme highs and extreme lows. And whenever I was really low, I was really low. And there were reasons for my burnout, different reasons, different seasons. And every time I I talked about it, it either was a really negative polarizing conversation, like we kind of just talked about, or I was, you know, I was received and listened to, but then it was just like, well, go, for, you know, you need to take some time for yourself. You need to go for a run. Are you drinking enough water? Get enough sleep? That kind of thing. I've always been a pretty active person. So I take care of myself. I, I've been pouring water a couple of times here, you know, since we've been talking. I do all of those things to practice that conventional self-care, right? I have great relationships. I, I'm blessed with a wonderful family, but I was miserable, miserable. And I was even a really good teacher. I was that teacher that parents wanted their kids to have and, and all of that stuff. But I was so unfulfilled and I, and I felt like a horrible person for it. I'm a great teacher. I love my kids. I love my content. Why am I struggling? And um, it eventually led to me leaving the school that I was at and leaving. I, I won't give you the, all the details of where I went and how long it lasted, but I ended up back in the classroom six months later. And I was even more miserable because now nobody knew me. Nobody knew my talents. Nobody, you know, I I was brand new in this district. And 
burnout hit so hard again. And it wasn't until I went to a Google summit in Indiana, close to Indianapolis, Indiana, our capital. And um, I went to the summit and I wanted to be a Google trainer. Like I wanted a badge. I wanted to be a Google certified educator. I wanted both levels. I wanted to be a trainer. I don't know what the heck that innovator thing is, but whatever. I am going to get those badges. And on the way home from that conference that I did not want to go to, by the way, I had fallen asleep because as conferences go, you stay up way too late with your education besties. And so I'd fallen asleep and I woke up and I thought burned in teacher because it is 180 degrees, the opposite feeling of being burned out. I felt so burned in and I didn't want it to be that like that cliche, like you're riding that high of that conference and then everything goes back to normal. You know what I'm talking about? So I started blogging. I bought the domain to burnedinteacher.com. I didn't quite know what it was going to be, but I just knew like I wanted to share how I was using Google, my journey to become a, an educate, a Google certified educator. And also I started opening up in a positive, proactive way about my journey through burnout and how I was taking actions to move through it. Um, I didn't know what it was going to be at that point. I mean, and then for the next two years after that year, I did burn-in teacher and Google training. I became a Google trainer, uh, started leading workshops and um, started coaching teachers, kept blogging, all of that stuff. And it's just blown into a full, it's blown into a book. I do, you know, coaching and courses and things like that and get to do these wonderful podcast interviews. Um, so that is the journey in a nutshell. I try to make it really short, but it is, it is a very long story because it wasn't something that I just thought, this is what I want to do. It was, it was really a journey of, you know, now close to 15 years. So. Yeah. I've heard when you talk about like those, those conference experience where you kind of get, you get really excited and you want to go back. I heard someone once describe that as kind of like the mountaintop experience. Mm -hmm. So you go up, you go up and you have that mountaintop experience, but it's actually, it's down in the valley where growth really happens. That's where, that's where growth happens. So you you have to come back down and, and, and get back down there and, and, and kind of get back to the, and bring what you've experienced on the mountaintop back down there yeah. i think i really think this this what we're hopefully what we're going to talk about could could have a massive impact for our listeners mm-hmm. um here because education in the uk that kind of burned out conversation mm-hmm. is is almost just and, I, and I, I don't know if it's like this in america but it's it's very very it's just taken as granted that that you know what if you become a teacher you're gonna you're gonna work your ass off so hard, um, and and that's just the way it is. And 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 we're we're in a position at the moment where um, within it's one in three teachers within the first five years of of training uh, leave the profession in the UK, and it's just seen as well. Well, yeah, they couldn't hack it, um, but that's just the way teaching is. And if you want to be a teacher, you've got to learn to 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 do that. So I think. Hopefully, some of the insights um, that you're going to share, I think, could be could be really beneficial to our listeners. I'm quite excited to 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 get into it myself. Yeah. Um, th- I haven't got a question. I just wanted to I just wanted to say that. But I guess, uh, what, Steve, I I do, uh, and it does link into that. If that's okay, in terms of where we're at now, and I think you said ten years, so five years ago, in terms of that burnout and and the start of that element, and so burnout and and workload and stress and all whatever we're going to categorize it as is 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 probably one of those topics that's not really discussed um as as often as it should do and do that whole mental health well-being 
all of that kind of process. So, and that's now, even though we know that it exists, what, what, what was it like five years ago trying to go through that journey and really identify it and mm -hmm. share that? Um, if you don't mind sharing that with, with us and the, the audience. Yeah, well, it's really interesting. So there are a couple of things that you said, Dan, and then you too, Steve, that, um, that I had to really find out on my own by becoming more self-aware and taking the time to really, truly get to know myself. And um, so that mountain high that you talk about, that's where it's easy. And that's that mountain high can that can come from that conference. It can come from the new year and your new year, your new year's resolutions and or your birthday and say things are going to be different. And then you get into your day to day and it really depends on you creating habits while actually starting with your beliefs, your habits, the people that you are around the most. That's where the hard stuff is. That's where that discipline that I talk about really comes into play because unless you have a clear vision and plan for success, you can't carry through with discipline. And that's really where I needed to do some deep work with myself. And that's where I really got into this whole personal development area of really learning that, the, oh, there are people, this is where I discovered Tony Robbins. Um, this, you know, I don't know if you know Tony Robbins over in the UK. Um, I, really, who, whoever doesn't know Tony Robbins really needs me in their life. So, but, um, so this is where I was like, I heard about this guy named Anthony Robbins. I started listening to these things called podcasts and like this, I brought these things into my life because I wanted, I wanted more of that in my life. And that's what I was truly lacking was that vision for what I really wanted, not just out of my career, but what I wanted out of my life. And the fact that no one owed it to me to just bring it to me, it was up to me to go out and get it. And that's where the hard work lies because we are creatures of habit. Most of the conversations that we have with ourselves in our heads, most of the things that we say to ourselves every day are repeated from the day before. And a high percentage of those, 80% of those thoughts are negative. And that's really built into our DNA as humans to keep us safe. You know, Seth Godin calls it the lizard brain. Um, but those are those things that were meant to protect us and keep us safe back when we were having to, you know, protect ourselves from being attacked by lions and bears and whatever else out there where we don't have those. We don't have those instincts anymore to have to. Well, we have those instincts, but we don't have those realities in our life. They still exist. and. I still, to this day, I fight a lot of that mindset shit that, that goes on in my mind that wants to keep me safe and keep me small and keep me miserable um, because I just, it, it's such a habit. It was so ingrained in me. And a lot of this, a lot of times, you know, it seems simple to just say, well, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to think differently. and I'm going to do different things. It's simple in theory, but it's not easy in practice. And, and that's where I built this whole process, the burned in process, which is an eight step acronym, because what I really truly needed when I was suffering in isolation, when I was so ashamed is I wanted a process. I wanted somebody to say, here's a path to, to get out of this feeling. You have to do the work, right? You have to do the hard work, but here are some things you can do to do some, to have some self-discovery and to build these beliefs and these habits into your life so that you can not only be an effective and happier teacher, but you can be a happier person in general, which is only going to increase your cycle of happiness rather than the cycle of victimization and negativity and frustration. This culture that we've now built around teachers that you will give of yourself until you burn out and then you will have to do something else or you're just going to be one of those mean teachers, you know? 
Um, I just didn't like where my life was going in that sense of settling for that feeling like this is just the way it is. And you are now destined for a life of overwhelm, stress, frustration, and exhaustion. And that's just, I, I, could, I could not settle for that. And I think that was that call for change. Because when you're down in that valley, when you are in the lowest part of your lowest, that is where you get to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm either going to stay here or I'm going to accept this burnout for what it is. And I'm going to create the change that I need to see in myself. Can, can I can I just ask? I, well, I definitely want to get into like the process that you talk about, the steps, and and, and how teachers can do that because I think that's where really important. We we talk on the podcast quite a lot about systemic change and about um, about a uh, as as Steve talked about just before on air that this idea about um, an, an evolution isn't working; it needs overhaul. I was, I was looking just in preparation for this and looking at the amount of teachers and the hours that teachers are working. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in the UK, in, 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 the, in the UK, more than more than a quarter of teachers spend at work more than 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Now they get paid for 38 and a half. And you think like people, they're not getting paid for these extra hours. They do it because they can't, the job can't function without it. Now, until somebody says enough is enough, until until there is a, a systemic change, that is, is that what Dan was saying earlier? Earlier that the teacher attrition rate is so high, yeah. um, but th- there's always going to be somebody else who come on and do it because the teaching's a st- it's a job for life. It's easy. It's it's one of those things you get holidays and you get well. That's true, mm-hmm. but like like I, I talk to when I talk to people that aren't in teaching, they usually say things around, uh, oh, it's all right. You get thirteen weeks holiday a year or whatever else people think we get, yeah. and and and, and it's, it's all right. And I say, yeah. We flipping need that amount of time yeah. because because and it's so bad that by the time you are you are physically at every level just spent aren't you mm-hmm. and that is because of a systemic allowance of a, of that and so I know that I, I'm not denying that because I've been in the same same boat the, the the idea of what you've got to do to put make yourself right do you think we've got some stuff to do systemically as well oh 100 percent yes because I mean here's the problem. I think that I used to say that you're, I'm going to help you beat the burnout, but then it sounds aggressive. It sounds like a fight. What I encourage people to do now is to grow through your burnout and to change through your burnout because burnout is a call for change. It's a call for change in ourselves and it's a call for systemic change in this career that we have chosen to be a part of. And I think that part of this starts with us making a choice to say enough and to not in a negative, aggressive way, but to create boundaries. Because a lot of times the burnout problem, the problem that you're having with burnout is actually a boundaries problem. And that we have trouble as self-proclaimed control freaks, people pleasers, type A personalities. We are okay with letting our boundaries down if we even had them to begin with to say, yes, of course, anything to get the job done, anything to make it Pinterest perfect, anything to make it Instagram worthy, anything to to keep up with that teacher that we see who's, you know, apparently got it all together. And let me tell you, nobody has it all together. You know, that we have these boundaries, we have a boundary problem. And so the, the systemic problems, I mean, trust me, coming from America, there are tons of systemic issues. And we have to think about systemically what we can change what we truly have control over 
which is ourselves and what it is that we can do truly about our day-to-day situation, but also knowing too that the systemic problems that may be in one district are not in another and the systemic problems that are built in one culture of a school building is not built in another, even if they are in the same district. So believing, first of all, that you're choosing to be a teacher, you're choosing to go to work every day, you're choosing how you spend your time, you're choosing what you say yes to, you're choosing what you say no to. You know, building that empowerment first is is the first step in changing the culture systemically. Now, what I also tell teachers, too, is, you know, we we don't just have like our grading and our planning to do right like that kind of that workload stuff. We're also dealing with the vicarious trauma that students are coming to school with that we are allowing to seep into our, you know, our hearts and our heads as well. And that causes that stress and overwhelm as well. We and this is not to say that we should just turn off and say, I don't care and become numb to it, which is a coping mechanism um, when you're faced with trauma. But it's to say, I'm going to do what I truly can in this situation, the best that I can with the situation, and then I have to move on. And if something, you know, with, you know, whether it be child abuse or child advocacy or, you know, um, if we're talking about equality, if that is something that you tr- that truly gets you to the core and gets your gut, then maybe that is your call to action. Maybe you need to be doing that full time, you know, fighting for equality in your, you know, in your county or your state or your country in some way that that you're going to be able to create that systemic change. Because when it comes down to it, all we can control in our role is ourselves and our relationships with who we touch every day. Right. Maybe not touch physically, but who we come into contact with every day. Um, That's the true beginning of that that revolution or, you know, that systemic change that needs to happen within our education system, because those teachers that are working 70 hours a week, I really want to get to the core of what are you doing with those 70 hours? You say you're working 70 hours. What are you doing every hour? I want to know what you're doing. And that's where I get really excited and really, uh, really passionate. Because within those 70 hours, there are choices that you're making that maybe your school is not telling you you have to do, but you're telling yourself you have to do. So what I encourage teachers to do is really pay close attention to what you're doing with those hours that you say that you're working. You know, yeah, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not so I'm not I'm not totally sold on this. I'm not okay. going to lie to you. I'm not going to I'm not totally sold. It's not that I don't. I know it starts with. Us, I get that. That's what I, I am sold on. That I'm, to, I'm sold on the fact that you you choose whether you want to be a teacher or not. Uh, I, I I average more than seventy hours, and I think if you were to look at my schedule, I'd, I'll send I'll send you my calendar. I don't think I, I don't think I waste a minute. <laughs> uh, oh no 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 no! Please no, I am not. There is no judgment here about wasting time. There's no judgment about you know assuming that everybody's schedule is the same. And the other challenge is is that one teacher to another does not is not in the same season of life. We have a teacher here who's single, who doesn't have a family. Um, we have a teacher who has new, a new baby and a three-year-old. You know, we have a teacher who has grandkids. You know, you can't compare one teacher situation to the other. You really, you can't. What my point in saying this is, is that you have, sorry, that you're te- you teaching in the school that you are teaching in, it all comes back to a choice. And 
I just, I really want to empower people to believe that, that if you're working 70 hours and you are truly doing everything that you can to simplify and automate and, and, and make your workday as efficient as possible. And if you're happy with that 70 hours, then that's great. You know, some people, they look at work as a hobby. Like they just, they love the work so much. There's nothing wrong with that. But if somebody is is truly working 70 hours and they they have they just have so many responsibilities that they have been given and they simply can't say no, then you have another choice. You can choose to continue that or you can choose to move on and maybe find a, a different position in a different school or a different position in your school. My whole the purpose of burned in teacher is not to keep people where they are, like if they're not happy with being where they are. It's that permission to say, if you have done everything in your power to change your beliefs, your thoughts, your actions, to help you to be happier and more fulfilled in your position, and you are still working so much because you you literally can't do it without those hours, then you have another choice to make. You can choose to stay or you can choose to do something else. Yeah, I talk, I talk, I'm totally with you on that. I get, I get that. We have, we have that, we have that choice, don't we? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think ultimately, uh, I, I suppose that the we we choose what we put in, we choose what we consume on TV, we choose what we eat, we choose what we, what job we do, and we choose how we respond to it because we're not we're, we're fortunate um, that our jobs aren't life or death ones. Mm-hmm. Although we're changing people's lives, we're not we're not like. Well, if I don't do this, then that person's going to die, or that 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 plane's going to crash. So you're right, and I and I, and I get that, and I think, um, and I, and I really appreciate the fact that um, you're not you're not also not saying is is that by um, not you, you, there's, there's healthy hard work, isn't there? I think that's what I'm I'm picking up from from the research we've looked around. You, you can say there's nothing wrong with working hard, and there's nothing wrong with with doing a really good job and being consistent. It's when it takes over and it leads to that burnout. I wonder. I wonder. I, I know I'll talk. I'll talk about this forever because I am really yeah, passionate about 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 teacher well-being and about teacher um, like helping teachers not just just stay well. But but more than just staying well, but enjoying what they do, being happy. You talked about that, and I, and I wonder whether you, whether we could get into that, um, and, and 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 how you how you see that balance and 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 where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Well, number one, not everybody is struggling with burnout for the same reasons. So there are three types of burnout that I categorize categorize teachers at. There's burned and unbalanced, which is that too much to do, not enough time to do it. I'm working seventy plus hours a week. That's that chronic stress, right? I mean, that's what burns people out is that like every day you're getting up to work your butt off all day and then you're going to get up tomorrow and you're going to work your butt off all day again tomorrow and you don't see a means to an end of creating a system where it's I can go to work, I can just enjoy it. Of course, it's hard. Of course, I'm going to have bad days, but I've cre- I, I have the ability to create a system that helps me to not have to work all the time. But so that's burned and unbalanced. The other type of burnout that I talk about is what's called burned and over it, where you might not be struggling with working 70 hours a week, uh, but you're really challenged with all of the negativity and the apathy in your culture of whether it be your building, your grade level, because I have, I'm telling you what, I have gone from a toxic grade level, just moved to another grade level down the hall. And I felt like I was in a whole new world because of the difference in the culture of that grade level. 
And that's what I'm trying to talk about, Ben, is that, you know, it's those small changes that can make a world of difference where you didn't think it was possible. You think the only option is to quit, right? Because it's this, if it's this way here, it's this way everywhere. And that's just simply not true. So that's burned and over it when you're like surrounded by this negativity and apathy, but, and, but you just don't see a way out. And then the third type is burned and bored. So that's where you may not be working, you know, all hours of the day, 70, 70 hours a week. You have great relationships with your students. You love your school. Everything should be wonderful. But yet you're really feeling like you need a challenge of some kind. You just want to do something different, but you just don't know what it is. And what I found with teachers, especially teachers that have been teaching for a long time, is that they've gone through each of these types of burnout in different parts of their career. And you can't have hybrids too, right? So you can be working 70 plus hours a week in a negative culture. And that just exasperates the problem. But I think being able to name that type of burnout is really powerful because it creates a proactive conversation to say, I'm burdened on balance, which means I really need to either work on my time management or I really need to be making sure that I'm clear about my expectations about at my school and with my job title to see what I need to be doing to make those challenges smaller or help them to go away. Um, and that looks different for everybody. The burn-in process is not for one single type of teacher with one single type of problem. It's simply that process to help you to, to do that work and to think about what it is you can control, what you can't, and what your next steps are going to be without just saying, I quit. I'm done. I'm done. Um, so does that answer your question? Okay, great. I, I wonder if there's something to be said about um, equipping teachers with the the skills that they need to to work smart as well. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking on on this podcast we talk a lot about skills for the future mm -hmm. and two massive skills that we always talk about how we we need to train our students in collaboration and problem solving. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if 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 teachers really knew how to or had had skills in their toolbox to be able to problem solve and, and collaborate that would it would it take some of this pressure off teachers so i'm just thinking um for example that uh, in my own experience of teaching and i'm and when i say that i'm mainly talking about myself um, is is that uh a lot of teachers just find a way to do it on their own um and they and then they do it and they get into that groove and they do it and do it and do it and 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 actually bringing teachers together like within faculty departments or however they, they're grouped in a school to work together. And and I guess that it kind of goes back to what we're talking about ed tech uh, earlier on as well, because um, I know when me and Ben were working in the same school together, we when like the whole being able to collaborate on work together and and kind of the the those that ability that comes with with cloud technology, um, just we that was a massive driver for us. We were like, we all of a sudden we were collaborating on on schemes of work on on curriculum planning together um mm -hmm. so we weren't going away um duplicating work um all of that i think is there something to be said for the fact that if if we were if we if we give our teachers these skills to be able to problem solve in an efficient way to be able to to collaborate and, and know when they're working smart as well like having that ability to know that actually what you're doing right here is you just you're duplicating what two other people are doing in your department yeah yeah, yeah. so i think that one interesting thing that you that you bring up there is that are you in a culture of teachers that do want to collaborate because i'm going to tell you what 
I've been in true collaborations and I've been in forced meetings where one person is telling everybody what to do, but it's considered collaboration, right? I mean, do you, have you ever experienced that yourself? Right? Like we, I remember in a, in a school that I worked at, we were forced to collaborate at a certain time. But the problem with that was, is that they were assuming with that forced collaboration that she and I were not talking at all during this other time. We collaborated all the time. We constantly, like you just said, we were always, we were sharing lessons with each other. We were both first grade teachers, but then we were, if he came around and he better, he checked on us, we better be at that table together. That's, that's a culture, that's a toxic culture issue, right? And um, I'm going to tell you, that was a really tough year for both of us because we together, we were outstanding, but we needed that autonomy and that freedom and that trust to, to do that collaboration. Now I've also been, and I've told you this, where I went from one grade that was very toxic to another grade that was not, where you were just supposed to do what you were told by the head teacher. And if you didn't, then you were bossy and you were negative and you didn't want to do what was best for kids. So you see how both of those situations are very damaging. So I think it's really, and again, people have to be coachable, right? So if they're not, if they aren't truly understanding what collaboration is, they have to learn to be coachable because there are a lot of times where teachers, uh, new teachers coming right out of college will go and student teach for a teacher and they just pick up those teachers' habits because that's just, that's what they're learning in the moment. And if they don't have those experiences with other teachers, they don't know what collaboration is like. They don't know what good time management is like. You know, it's just like a child to a parent, right? You pick up the beliefs and the habits of the people that you really kind of grow around. Um, so absolutely, time management, problem solving, how to be okay with other people not buying into your teaching philosophy and not making it your business to care. That's a huge issue because a lot of teachers, they want to be liked by everybody. And that's one reason they don't say no. Um, but it's also one reason that they will pick up the habits and beliefs of others. And sometimes that's a good thing because they're saving time and, and you know, save in having good attitudes about it. But other times it's not healthy. It is so subjective, so subjective to everybody's specific situation. And I should say too, Ben, going back to the amount of hours that you work, some people don't mind working lots of hours of the week. They, they love it. Teaching is their life. And that is, you know, I've talked to teachers before who couldn't have kids. Those kids were their kids. They loved dedicating their life to their students. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. So if you're hitting a rut of burnout, let's figure out what it is and let's help you get back to dedicating your life to those kids that are your kids. That's, that's awesome. But then if you have a new mom who is used to working 70 hours a week and really didn't mind up until the time that now she's up all night and she wants to spend more time with her family and she truly wants to minimize those hours and, and just do the best she can with those hours that, that she has, Let's work on that together, okay? So this really is just an idea of being, are you coachable and approachable to believe that you that you do have control over some things, you don't have control over others, and all you truly have control over is yourself, 100%. It's interesting, obviously, in terms of the, the self element, but also that culture you talked about, being in a positive culture, but also a culture that understands um, that is is geared up to it and and i think i'm sure america's pretty much 
uh, not exactly the same, but it has culture issues in regards yeah. to cultivating yeah. crop rather than uh, where it's it, it's basically this is how you're going to do and you're going to comply. And actually, I think that outstanding and good practice looks very similar regardless of what you teach, how you teach. And 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 I think culture is a big issue in regards to to burned out, overwork, lack of collaboration, all those kind of things. And and I don't know what whether that's been a feature of, of the book or some of the work that you've done around culture of individuals, but culture of collectives mm-hmm. and, and, and systems yeah. and schools. Yeah, so culture is really interesting yeah. because, again, it goes back to the teacher and how mentally strong they are. You know, you can have two teachers working in a toxic culture. One of them doesn't phase them. They just they just go to work, they do their job, and then they leave, and they're 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 pretty they're pretty happy, right? But you can have another another teacher with a totally different personality and different, you know, just a different person altogether, where they are feeling crushed by the weight of that culture, right? And then there are some some teachers in living in areas where they could easily move to a new school, another school, but there are some teachers in rural areas that are they don't have a choice. Like this is the only school district for miles. So talking about school culture is really, really challenging because there are some situations where you can say, well, if you've tried, if you've truly tried everything, then it's time for you to, to move on to a new district um, or a new school. I'm telling you what, too, I've worked in two different schools in the same district, two totally different cultures. And this is where it comes from that that systemic top-down mentality. And this is where I've talked to principals too about, you know, if you say that you are a student-centered school, that's fine. If you, you know, you always have the students in mind, that's great. That's why we're teachers. That's why we're in education for students, right? But principals really truly need to look at themselves as teacher-centered. So that if, if, if principals are, are going into their day-to-day thinking, how can I take care of my teachers? How can I help them to do their job well so that they can do their job well for, for students? That's the ideal situation. And that's where I don't just talk to teachers. I talk to principals too. I just did a conference last week where I'm really trying to get them to understand that you really can retain your teachers simply by opening up a conversation with them, showing your human element. And unfortunately, that's not the culture of all schools. That's not the culture of all districts. And that's where really the burn-in process can really help a teacher to make that decision if they have that decision on how they're going to handle that day-to-day or how they're going to plan for an exit, a positive, proactive exit strategy into a new school, a new district, a new grade level, or even a new career. Because it's not about keeping you in the classroom. It's not about getting you out. It's about your next best steps and feeling good about those steps. Yeah, I love that. I love it. And I love the fact that we that this is a process that people can work through and that you can if you identify where you are and you're talking about these different types of burnout, uh, if you identify where you are, you can look at, well, this is this is what's worked for the people. And I know we'll get into some success stories and um, all, all, on the website. I, I would love reading those stories of how it's worked for people. Mm-hmm. Um you talked about the process. I wonder if it's worth because I think where Dan said earlier that our listeners will really benefit from some of this. Um, that the process. What what talk us through that process? And all will, will encourage all oh, of our listeners you. to buy your book. Yeah, because uh, obviously, <laughs> but um, but it's that yeah, it's the so process. What is the burned in process? process? When I created Burned in Teacher in 2016, it was not an eight step process. 
It was just my way of saying, we are here in burnout. We need to go 180 degrees different to burned in. And I actually have the recording on my phone, the voice memo, where one day I was driving to school and I was like, what if burned in was like a process that I took teachers through? Like B is begin where you are and like you. So I'm like working this all out in my head. And this has really become the the uh, the foundational beliefs of what a burned in teacher is. So B stands for begin where you are. And this is where you take the teacher burnout quiz. It's totally free. And this is where you identify your burnout type. So are you burned and bored, burned and unbalanced, burned and over it? Or there's a fourth one, not burned out. So these are the people that are like really proactive, like something feels off. I need to figure out what this is and, and move through it. So this is not burned out. Just need a slight adjustment. Something's off in your life. And if you keep ignoring it and pushing it aside, it's only going to get worse. So this is just a call for action. So begin where you are is really about identifying like what brought me here? How long have I been feeling this way? What has happened in my life, either personally or professionally, that has brought me to this feeling? Because I can tell you when one serious bout of burnout that I had, I am very, very sure that I had postpartum depression, but I was so focused on just working, working, working. I have to get through this. I have to get my job done. I have to go home that I didn't allow myself to really think about what my true trigger was, what it was that that pushed me to feeling so miserable. Um, so begin where you are. There are several pieces of that. But the main thing is to name your burnout and identify where it started. What was the root cause of it? Because it may ha not have anything to do with your culture at school and everything to do with a serious personal crisis that you have that you've not processed appropriately. Um, the next step is understand your teacher brand. So this is all about that legacy that you want to leave. Who do you want to be known as? And this is not about judgment, right? Again, this is not about being the Instagram teacher. This is not about being Pinterest worthy. This is about when I walk into a room, how do I make people feel around me? What can they predict about me based on repeated patterns of interactions? What would students say about me 10 years from now? Would they say that I was a firm teacher, that I was maybe a little strict, but that I was always there for them and talked to them as a human being? Or would they say that I didn't care about them and I never smiled and I always yelled? You know, that's a brand that we carry with us years after we have interacted with a student. Our schools have brands. Our grade levels have brands. I mean, have you ever, I've worked in a school before where they're like, that second grade team, whew, don't go down there. I mean, have you ever heard anybody talk like that about, I mean, we carry brands with us for years and years and years. Now, the good news is, is that we can change. I don't know if you all know Miley Cyrus, <laughs> but she has had several different brands in her life. She's got the Hannah Montana brand. She's got the crazy 20s brand. And now she is, you know, a more adult brand, right? But we know her based on her repeated patterns of interactions, choices that she has continually made, and the people that she hangs out with the most. That's a brand. Then the next step is reflect on your challenges. So this is really, truly getting them all out there. What is challenging you and why? And can you control it? Because a lot of teachers want to control everything. Because a lot of times they feel they are controlled. So therefore, if I feel out of control of everything, then I'm going to control everything I can. So that reflecting on your challenges then actually turns into focusing on solutions. So um, it's really about really getting everything out there. What's frustrating you? What's upsetting you? What do you feel out of control about? Can you control it? Can't you? And then let's focus on solutions.
N, the first N in Burned In is nurture your strengths and habits. So this is truly learning more about yourself is one reason that I'm that I'm struggling with these challenges is because it's not in my wheelhouse of strengths. You know, with teacher evaluations and things like that, we are always focused on how we can improve our weaknesses and get better at our weaknesses. But we look over those strengths. So this is really about getting to know ourselves better and how often we're using those strengths in our day-to-day life. But also if the habits that we have are nurturing those strengths or inhibiting those strengths. Because if we're staying up late till midnight, 1230, barely getting any sleep, Um, If we're drinking pop all day, I don't know what you call it in the UK, pop. So if you're drinking Mountain Dew and Pepsi all day, Diet Cokes all day, rather than water, if you come home, crash, you're never physically active, you aren't going to be the type of person and the type of teacher that you would be if you started to adopt some healthier habits. Now, this isn't about becoming like muscular and losing 50 pounds. It's about just healthy habits and also the way that we talk to ourselves as well, right? (laughs) So so that's the first end, nurture your habits and strengths. And then we go to extend your reach and possibilities. So this is about going back to those challenges and your strengths and realizing that there are plenty of places and opportunities for you to nurture your strengths and to find solutions. So if you are really challenged by the students that are coming into your class every day, rather than saying, gosh, kids have changed. They didn't used to act this way five years ago, even 10 years, you know, They're different rather than staying in that negative victimized conversation saying, I'm going to find some podcasts to listen to. I'm going to find some books to listen to. I'm going to find some people on Twitter. I'm going to learn about social emotional needs because a lot of times these kids that are coming into our class, they have trauma. They don't have healthy um, homes where that they're coming from. Or we may have biases that are We have biases that are eliminating our ability to try to understand where they're coming from. Because a lot of times we have middle-class white women in classes teaching students that are growing up very different than the culture that they were brought up in. On on, on that, do you think that is because, like, it's become like a... um, We've lived in that... um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. That that meant that that culture and a mentality that this is the, the aspiration and therefore you stay in that kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and and you, you become, you become like the echo chamber, I suppose. Yeah, that's what I, I didn't grow up this way. This is how I behaved when I was a student. This isn't how my teacher would have handled it. This isn't how my dad would have handled me. This isn't, this wouldn't be acceptable in my house. Now we certainly wouldn't use that language. So how dare you call me a bitch when you know, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> but how dare you? That's it's all right. Don't People worry. As like a personal <laughs> attack on us. Like, how could they talk to me that way? They hear that language all the time. Their parents allow that. Like, it's hard for them to create those blurry boundaries on what's acceptable and what's not. And it's very easy for us to impose our culture and our expectations on students who are growing up in a different way. And that's a huge piece of really thinking about your challenges and why it's challenging you. Is it challenging you challenging you because it's different or is it challenging you because it's something you need to learn more about, you know? So this is where extending your reach and possibilities. It's about learning more about your, um, about what you need. So if you're, like I said, if you're struggling with classroom management, okay, what are you doing to learn more about it and how you can be better? Are you, again, going back to, are you coachable? But it's also about ex- extending your possibilities past teaching. What do you love to do? What have you been pushing aside for the sake of work? 
what do you miss doing? Because you doing the things that you love outside of school is going to help you to be a better teacher in school. So it's really opening up those, those, um, those possibilities. Um, and then the next one is determine your long-term goals. What the heck do you want? Do you want to stay? Do you want to go? Do you want to love teaching second grade again? Or do you want to become a school counselor? Do you want to love teaching social studies in high school again? But you're kind of tired of football coaching, but you're afraid if you leave, everybody's going to be mad at you. What do you want to do? Because you're a full-blown adult and you're never too old to determine what you want out of your life. So this is the part where it's not about keeping you where you are and helping you feel content, unless that's what you want. And it's not about getting you out of education or out of your school. It's about what do you want? Just say it. I'll never forget a conversation my husband and I had in my kitchen. I was crying for the 50th time. And he just goes, Amber, what do you want? I'll do it. And I said, I don't want to live here anymore. I was miserable because I wouldn't be honest with myself about the fact that I wanted to move to a different city. You know, and it, that was making me miserable in my personal and professional life. And we moved. We were lucky enough to be privileged enough to do that. But in my situation, in my life, that was something that was deeply troubling to me. Um, but in other people's lives, it could be something completely different. But you have to give yourself permission to say, this is what I want. And I, I need to start doing what I need to do to get there if I can uh, or if I want it bad enough. So the next uh, the next step after you determine your long term goals is initiating lasting change. So that goes back to that vision, right? So you want this thing personally or professionally. You want it, but then you have to intentionally go into every day, week, and month. You have to plan backwards. How are you going to get there? If you want to be a principal because you want to change the culture of a building that sucks, that you have worked in your whole career, you want to take everything you've learned about what a bad leader does, and you want to be the good leader, then you have to make a plan to get there. You can't just say someday, you know, you, you can't just say, well, maybe someday you have to think about, do I want it or do I not want it? And then what am I doing every single day to work closer to that goal? Um, and then the final end is never settle. So that's about, okay, you're going to face hardship no matter what career you're in, no matter how long you've been there, you're going to face a personal or professional hardship. So what are you going to do to never settle for that life of burnout and settle for saying this is just the way it is? And that is simply going through that burn in process every time. Say, OK, I have to begin where I am. What's triggered this? How long have I felt this way? And then going back to brand. How would somebody with my brand handle this? Who are my influencers? Who are my top five influencers? Do I have people in my life who are going to build me up in this situation or are they going to tear me down and keep me where I am? And then reflecting on your challenges. Okay, what's truly challenging me right now? Is this temporary or is this a long-term challenge? So it's going through that process every time you face, you know, a new kid that moves into your classroom that's ch slowly changing the culture, right? Or if, if it is a culture issue in your school or if all of a sudden you're working 70 plus hours a, a week and you used to work 45 or 50. So it's really truly going through that process and giving you something to fall back on so you can move forward. Um, through that burnout rather than sitting in it and saying, well, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's just, it, you've kind of, you've reminded me about it. Well, I, a lot of what you're talking about, I think is it, it, it maybe comes under the banner of taking ownership. Like, and I think you said that before as well, of just you, 
you've got you if you want your life to go in a new direction if you want your if you want to to have the motivation to get up and 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 go to work every morning you've got, you've got to have an ownership over your own life and um and you've got to feed yourself as well um I've, i don't think i've ever mentioned this on the podcast before and i'm sure a lot of people already know this but in a previous career i used to be a catholic priest um so i was a catholic priest for a few years and then and then i left but for what i learned when i was in in that profession um was and it's something that that would would be would be talked about a lot was because you're given a lot of yourself you have to make the time to 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 feed yourself as well um and, and in that context it was it was spirituality you got to feed yourself spirituality spiritually but um i guess in this context it's if you, you give you if you if you're teaching five periods five lessons every single day and you you're constantly given of yourself um to to your students to to the staff around you and if you're in a leadership position in the school to the other staff um if that's a constant thing of you've given and given and given it's not going to be long until until you are empty if you're not going to if you're not going to continue and um and yeah i, I I, I think you reminded me Ben as well. Ben is a is a great example of this, that especially on this podcast, Ben's always able to be able to like bring something he's read in. Like it's some it's one thing I really admire about Ben is that when we're interviewing someone, it reminds him of like five books he read in the last few months, and he'll he'll bring it in and he'll bring he'll he'll bring things in, and I, it always makes me think I need to read more whenever I hear Ben on this podcast i'm like i need i need to read more i need to be, i need I, I want to be able to do that um but he can do that because he, he feeds himself he he's, he's he's constantly reading he's constantly get so i i, I just I, yeah it just it's made me and i guess also it's a and it's about being a rounded person is it isn't it and like sit, sit, sitting here listening to you is kind of just it's it's kind of reminded me or made me think be even beyond education and how do i be a better person mm -hmm. how can i how can i give to others in a way that's not going to burn me out how can i give to others and i guess not just in my class but to my own family to my own friends how do i give to others in a way that's going to keep me healthy as well mm -hmm. well and it's interesting because whenever you bring it you know you bring up this you can't pour from an empty cup right if you pour and pour and pour and open anything back you're not gonna have anything left left to pour and that is very true now, the self-care, hashtag self-care, is very, very trendy right now. Everybody's talking about self-care, right? I mean, at least here in the States, it's everywhere, right? You have to take care of yourself, practice self-care. The easiest form of self-care is that self-indulgence. That's where a lot of people go to. I'm going to go out and binge drink with my friends, you know, although that might be very fun, right, in the moment. Are you really truly practicing the self-care though that is going to help you to or that is going to keep you from feeling like you have to escape your reality all the time? Does that make sense? And that's the hard self-care. Yeah. yeah, do you know thanks, Dan, by the way. That, that was, was that was that was kind of you, mate. Yeah, um, and I appreciate that. And in it, it, sometimes I think sometimes I think that it is really important. I, I do that with my own, like my exercise and, and, and all those kind of things. I know that if I don't get out and, and run, 
not only not only do I not feel great physically, like it has that whole um, emotional attachment to it and a feeling of well-being and that. But I'm also conscious. I'm looking. I can see your book in the background, um, and there's a. It, it is. It's almost. It, it is that 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 gauge, isn't it? I suppose mm -hmm. if you've gone all the way over to one end of burned out, yeah, um, and then and then all the way back to. Uh, that it's that fullness. It's like that uh, gauge, isn't it? And I, I suppose you pouring out of an empty or pouring out of like craziness, you mm -hmm. can't do either, can you? You need to yeah. have that level of fullness, right. but, but fulfillment. I, I love it. And I think as far as I, as far as I'm concerned, like this whole idea around um, a well person, like they say hurting people hurt people, don't they? What? But like well people, I don't know. I don't know if this, this it's not quite as cool as hurting people hurt people, but well people help people, don't they? They do they do the the best you're just a better person when you're well uh, and when and when you're fulfilled. Yes, it's so true. And you know, the other part of this book, and actually these these gauges here, these are actually the stages of burnout because one of the parts of, of becoming a burned in teacher is being able to identify how burned out you are. Because I can, you know, you can identify a teacher who's at a stage zero. They are 100% burned out. Like, they don't talk to anybody. They are isolated. If they do talk, it's negative. You can, and then I have six stages. So there's stage zero, totally burned out. There's stage one, which is build your spark. There's stage two, build your ignition. Stage three is build your flame. Stage four is build your fire. And stage five is burned in. So this is where you have empowered yourself with tools, people, strategies to help you if and when you're challenged. These people over here, they have no hope. They, they feel like there's no other way to exist than in this existence. These people are really hard to reach. They're very hard to get to because they're jaded by how challenged they have been. But the important part is here is like you said, to be a good person, to give of yourself, yeah, of course you need to give of yourself. That's, you know, Denzel Washington said, that's one of the most selfish things you can do is to give of yourself and serve others because it makes you feel better. I mean, that's why teachers teach is because they want to give, you know, they want to give knowledge. They want to help students to see all of the different possibilities that they have in their life. What I think sometimes happens is we lose that for ourselves. We don't talk to ourselves about the possibilities that we have. And, you know, sometimes we even shove off those teachers that are so negative because you don't, you don't want to be associated with them. But all we can do is show kindness and show empathy. And, and that's one big part of this is who do you surround yourself by? What kind of conversations are you having? How are you empowering yourself and others? How are you sharing your story so that nobody else has to cry in their car on their way to work every day again? And it's those kinds of conversations that don't just change your life. They cause other people to begin their journey out of burnout, too, because you're able to say, I've been there. I'm not ashamed to talk about it. I have a system that helps me whenever I'm challenged because I have challenges, too. And it's just building this community of support and empathy and, you know, building this whole burned in, you know, burned in community um, that just changes the conversation by by taking steps of action. Yeah, and, and obviously we want to touch upon the, the website again in regards to, yeah, obviously you, you, you support by coaching, but you're, you're trying to build that community section of of, of that. And, and so how do people go about that process? What, what does the community mm -hmm. look like? 
Uh, and, and and what is that element yeah. of, of your so, work? Um, so you can take the teacher burnout quiz and identify your burnout type. And then I do encourage people to join the Burned and Teacher Podcast Facebook community. That's where it's a safe place that you can come in and say, and we start talking the same language right away. So I ask them right away when they join, what type of burnout are you? What challenges are you having? What questions do you have? And as time has gone on, more and more people are joining that are ready to talk. They're ready to, but, but not talk in a negative victimized way. Just say, this is really challenging to me. Do any of you have any suggestions or resources or have you gone through this before? What do I do? Because they want to change their situation, you know, and, and people are just pour on the love and support for those teachers coming in. Because unfortunately, not all teachers who are struggling with burnout have a culture or feel comfortable having those conversations with people that are in their school. I wish that they did, but that's not always the case. And sometimes it's just not enough. So, um, so then they, they get, uh, that's those stages I just talked about. Once they take that quiz, and get their results. I do have like a short, I'm tiny, like maybe eight pages. It's a short ebook that goes through each of these stages and things that you can start to think, feel, say, do to, to start to grow through that process, through those stages. Um, and then, so from then on, you know, I have my, I have Burned In Teacher University, which is a course that, um, that teachers can take, uh, that then they go into the Burned In Teacher Tribe community where we are like, it's focused coaching, um, through that. But of course, then you've got Hacking Teacher Burnout as well, which just came out, uh, two months ago. So this is all of those steps laid out, um, in the hacking series format. So, um, it's very easy to read, very easy to follow, and it's a great starting off point if you've taken the quiz and you want more great stuff and 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 you obviously i know you touched upon the courses and i know you, you do loads of different stuff and we talked about the google trainer mm -hmm. stuff as well um i don't know how you fit it around you know we talk about that workload element that you do your coaching and the training and your speaking and everything else just looking at the website absolutely brilliant in terms of case studies um, but how, in terms of the the the, the coaching, as that, I'm just going to touch back in terms of the 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 COVID element. Has that seen a shift in terms of the the demographic of people you're covering? Is it still locality, or actually is that has that really spread further further uh, afield? What did you really say? Did, did it forum? change what? So during COVID, has are you seeing that actually rather than just been. The, the silo in terms of just within your city or your region that actually that spread across America and, and, and beyond in terms of Europe? Yeah. And, and um, I don't think a whole lot has changed for me as far as who I'm serving and where. I mean, that's one that's one piece of Burnham Teacher that I never really expected to, to get as big as it has is the fact that it's online and that I've built this online community where from the beginning, people have been able to, to join the community and have these conversations from all over the world. And I didn't even mean it to happen that way. That's just what I thought was the best way to do it, um, just to share my message um, and to open that conversation with people. And um, so, yeah, it's I mean, obviously, teachers are, are really stretched. It was funny because you saw this whiteboard behind me right here. So I'm actually going through these steps of helping teachers to to alleviate overwhelm while they're teaching remotely or in hybrid in G Suite 390. I'm helping them to simplify um, and even do like a restart of their hybrid or remote teaching by first of all, focusing on how many hours do you want to work a week? 
because we really need to build your practices and simplifications on your boundaries. And so starting there and seeing, you know, how we can move forward there. So it's really come, it's funny because, you know, teacher burnout and Google training don't seem to go together, <laughs> but there are some teachers that get burned out because technology moves so fast and that's just not their strength. Um, so my purpose of doing my Google university courses is they are very basic. They are very simple. And it's to help those teachers that are really frustrated with that technology. If their school went Google or they're using Google Classroom and they have no idea, they've never even really taught virtually or online at all um, or use technology. So my courses are very, very basic. I don't get fancy. I mean, there are amazing things you can do with Google with extensions and add-ons and all that stuff. Um, but it's really just helping teachers to kind of get some ground under them um, in terms of, of technology use in the classroom. So I kind of have merged those two things together. But I, I have done less in-person uh, speaking engagements. I had a, a speaking engagement canceled, um, but I do have some virtual ones coming up. So that's, um, that's really exciting. It sounds good. And we've, we've put their website uh, just yeah. beneath here. So if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can see that it's burnedinteacher.com. And if you're listening, uh, I've just yeah. said it, burnedinteacher.com. Uh, I, I love the fact, um, and have you arranged the books on, on your shelf mm -hmm. in like rainbow color order? Thank you. It's not my idea. That's I brilliant. saw somebody else do it. I'm like, that would be a lot. I have a lot of books, so I'll do it. <laughs> I was... I was uh as you were talking before I was thinking well, are they in rainbow order then I did you know do, you, do you, in America in America do you do the uh, Richard well, of York we do Roy G. Biv. acronym yeah I mean, we just all oh, right okay <laughs> stupid uh, stupid <laughs> you need to use that acronym I don't think that's going to travel across the Atlantic Richard of York Gear Battle of is definitely yeah. an English thing. I don't yeah. think the, I don't think the Scottish use that. To be fair, I don't I don't think the French are using it. Definitely not the American people. Say it again. Say it again. What was it? R Richard of York Plus gave team. battle in vain. Is that it? Richard yeah. Yeah. of yeah. York gave battle, battle. in vain. Basically, was killed in battle. But we just want to. Oh. We just we just want to. Uh, we you just want to make it right. Surprised with as violent as that as that is that it's not adopted in America. Well, and thing is as well, this, you might not get this one. The fact is, Richard of York is uh, Steve. Steve's from Yorkshire. Uh, they got beat by the uh, the Lancastrians. By the South, South Yorkshire that was also called the, 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 the Red Rose. And have um, you guys seen? Have you guys seen Ted Lasso on no. Apple TV? No. no, it is so good. It's about, so I don't know if you know uh, many, uh, like Saturday Night Live, you ever? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Jason Sudeikis, he yep. is a football coach from America. So football, yeah. right? I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. So he um, becomes a soccer coach. And it, it over in the, I think it's in the UK. Yeah, he comes a football coach, just to clarify that. Not an American football. Yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but um, you play football with your hands. How ironic! It's so so good. It's one of my favorite shows. Oh, I, I think is that on BBC over here? No, it's on Apple TV. It Apple is. TV. It is the guy who is best known probably over here for um, horrible bosses. Was he in that one? Yes, 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 he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, 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 yeah, I've seen the advert. I've not watched it. 
it's really uh, but yeah, it looks uh, it looks pretty good how uh, the Americans are coming well, over. Well, and it's interesting too because it is about how one person can change an entire culture. I mean, yeah. it's it's funny and it's just um, edgy enough that you know it's it's that it keeps your interest. It keeps my interest anyway because I like edgier stuff. Like, but um, anyway, that's probably too much information. But he, but he is super. Like, he changes this this horrible culture of this team, but it's really funny and it's realistic and it's it's, it's awesome. <laughs> right. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm going to check it out now. Uh, probably a good. Let's 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 end it there. I don't think we're going to get any better than that. Um, that was uh, that was brilliant. Thanks, Amber. Uh, it, was, it was amazing having you on, and and I'm I'm definitely going to look more into 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 your your burned in teacher website and 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 get to grips with that because I'm going to get the book. I'm going to get the book. Yeah, I was really. At the start, I was uh, I, I was kind of thinking, are oh, you going to talk a lot about the theory? But then, when you actually got into the practical stuff, I kind of I was just sat here thinking, this is good. This is actually because I think a lot of people can talk about like, oh, well, you have to slow down, you have to look after yourself. But actually, it's teachers need to 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 know what, what are the practicals, what are the, and I think you really did that. You really drilled into that. So um, I think that's why this this podcast is is, is being amazing and and, and one that I'm going to take away. Yeah, of course. So that's the thing. I am, as a teacher, I was so sick of theory. I was so sick. I mean, who you all, I'm sure, have been just bludgeoned with theories, right? From people who either have only been in education for a very short time or never have been about what we should be doing and how should we should be doing it and how for how long and all of that. Like, that to me is we don't need more theory. We need more action. We need more connection. We need more conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, so that's what it, this is all about because that's what I was sick of is you need to take care of yourself. You need to, no, that's, that's too, that's too subjective. I need more. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on tomorrow. Yeah. Let's, let's all celebrate uh, the world kindness day. So let's be kind to ourselves and kind to everybody else. It's the world kindness day tomorrow. So uh, let's all remember that, celebrate it. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's really get the topic going about being burned out, burned in, and the steps to take. So yeah, thanks, Amber. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.